it's time for Larry News Sports. My guests tonight, host of the Stoner Morning Show, Sean the Babe Wickens. The man who knows more sports than Bo and Larry combined. The extraordinary Alan Ocho Goldberg. And I'm your host, Larry April 8th, 3.13 p.m., and we are on the weekend of the Men's Curling Championship, so we are talking curling for your entertainment. Alan, thank you for joining the program. Thank you for having me. Excited to discuss curling. Yeah. You know, I always always knew someday you would... uh, join the show with your with your weird sports knowledge yeah i'm not sure i would have been on curling but i was (laughs) always waiting for the invitation to join the the podcast and i'm glad something i am reporting on is finally worthy of being podcast oh yeah and hopefully this is the start of many many more so you say you're reporting on curling um what yeah what is your in what professional capacity are you reporting on it so I am currently working freelance radio where I, one of my main assignments right now is going to some of the more obscure sports (laughs) around the globe and reporting on them. So curling actually isn't near the top of the obscurity level these days. Curling is actually kind of mainstream. Yeah. It's yeah, it really has become. And like, I think like even, um, it's almost become so mainstream that people are now doing it like as like hob as a hobby. Yes, it, it, it's in hipster areas, right. curling is now catching on. Do you curl in the morning, you know? <laughs> but it's not it, – it's fun to do because you're with a team of players. Also, during the pandemic, curling is – you know, it's cold. It's, it's ice. You could do it outdoors. So it was something that some people got into because it was, it was a sport that could be played without needing to be indoors around people to some degree. Mm-hmm. Right. But from being at these world championships, which I'll just quickly set the backstory, are taking place in Vegas. The coldest place is, on earth. <laughs> yes. You know, it's a 95 degree heat wave. This is where you go for, uh, this is where you would expect to see high level curling take place. But it is, the crowd has a lot of Canadians, and their passion for curling is still unparalleled, unrivaled, and it's really quite phenomenal to see up close and personal. Yeah. So I guess as, as, as popular and as hip as, as it's become in some hipster areas in America, it still doesn't compare to the Canadians old school love of the sport. Correct. Their understanding and appreciation of a great, let's say takeout shot and curling, which is where you're able to knock the opposition's two rocks out of the way. The crowd the Canadians really understand what's going on. The other nation that has brought a lot of passion, even if their delegation is very small, is the Scots who play bagpipes whenever they have a really successful shot. And it's the bagpipe players are actually quite good. So I feel like I'm being serenaded while I watch curling at the same time. <laughs> so th- these are f- like f- Scott Scottish fans in the audience, just um, C- correct playing bagpipes. Correct. Hey, Sean. Yes. Oh, Sean Wickens yes. is joining the program, and Sean has a dog in the background. Yeah, I'm dog sitting for somebody who has COVID, not to get all topical. No, I mean, <laughs> it, well, we're talking about the two main topics on everybody's mind, which is COVID and the 2022 World Championships of Curling. Oh, cool. Hey, um, Ocho, what is the, is there a penalty for showing, late to a, showing up late to a game like I did? Uh, in curling, 
you would just be disqualified. So mm-hmm. your teammates would have had to cover you. And I guess in this case, this is what Brian, this is what Larry and I did. We covered, we covered, we covered you. Yeah. Good. We're well, like, I was rooting. I was rooting for you all in my absence. <laughs> I'm well, here now. Well, thank you. So, um, okay. So you're in Vegas for the championships and where, where, what like arena is this taking place in? Great question. So it's taking place at the Orleans Arena, which is part of the Orleans Hotel, which is like a mile off strip, but not that far away from the heart of Vegas. This arena actually hosted some college basketball tournaments last some college basketball tournaments last month. So it's familiar with sporting events, and it actually has hosted curling events in the past. This is known as one of the curling meccas <laughs> of the world. Who would ever know that a random hotel in Vegas is where people go to watch high-level curling? I have a, I have a follow-up question. By is, all you might not know the answer to this, but is this also where BattleBots is filmed? I actually have do not know that. I apologize. That's all right. It would be pretty cool if you could have a curling battle. You know, a robot started curling and we combined yeah. the two. Yeah, it's off topic, but I think BattleBots is shot in, uh, in Vegas. Um, and Larry, I don't know if you know this, but there's a, currently a battle, BattleBots controversy. Oh, really? No, I don't know about this controversy. Yeah, uh, sure. I think it was Minotaur and Witch Doctor were in a match. Witch Doctor won, it was not the favorite. Um, and I don't know, I belong to one BattleBots message board and people are mad. So are they... <laughs> yeah, first of all, who? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I gotta know. Are you able to wager on battle botch competitions? I would think you would have to. For years, I've been telling friends that I was going to do a, a battle bots like uh, tourney, or you know, like a fight, like a sweet sixteen, and I never do it. <laughs> but uh, anyway, back to curling. Well, just one more um, question on the battle bots. Is is it sure. is it is it just a big upset, or is there actually a controversy with how Minotaur okay. won? I think it was, um, I think Minotaur was disabled and, and Minotaur is a team from Brazil and they've, they're the, they're like, they're the Tom Brady of BattleBots and Witch Doctor is like the Vinny Testaverde of BattleBots, I would say. And um, for all of you football fans and, uh, and I'm, and I'm a Vinny fan, by the way. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I think Minotaur's wheel popped off. So he was immobile. And I think Witch Doctor was also immobile, but more mobile. So Minotaur was counted out and people were mad. I might be wow. wrong about that. Oh. I haven't seen it. I just have been lurking on the message boards. <laughs> anyway, back to Kermit. Yeah, you, you read the book and didn't watch the movie. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so uh, this curling championship, you said the, the Scottish fans are very passionate. Does, does Scotland have a competitive team? Yes. So what is a little known fact, it might be a little boring, it's curling minutia, but is the British team that competes at the Olympic and often has success is actually the Scottish team. On It's a United Kingdom team, so it's actually the Scots who are quite good at curling while the random British athlete is not. So Scotland is actually one of the powers in curling. Very interesting. So in in Olympic play, it's all together as the UK, but in yes. World Championships, they're they're separate, and that's where the Scots really show their prowess. Correct. They're able to get into the true Scottish identity. So also for the Scottish fans, let's say the Olympics are nice, but they're not going to be playing bagpipes while under the UK umbrella. So for them, this is in some ways bigger than the Olympics. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, so like, why don't, why don't you go through the format of the championship and uh, how the qualifiers work, how the tournament is set up? So there are 13 separate nations competing in this year's Men's World Curling Championships. Wow, it, odd number. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Makes Probably the only world championships, which is exactly 13 countries competing hmm. and you play everybody else once so you will play against every team at the tournament once nice. there are four there are four sheets of ice where generally there's four matches going on simultaneously kind of like you know a three-ring circus a four-ring curling match will be taking place so you will sometimes be hearing the bagpipes playing because there was a great scottish shot while on another rink 
the Canadian fans will be going crazy and doing their Canadian chants. So there's sometimes simultaneous chants because the action is happening fast and furious. Right, so it's all and, happening in the same arena, but like four separate uh, setups. Correct. All right next to each other. So if you have a ticket, you're able to watch four curling matches at the exact same time. I don't mean to steer the conversation too much, Larry, but I have a question. Um, you know how basketball courts have different feels to them? You know, like I think Larry Bird would said that he knew where dead spots were on all of the courts um, just because of playing so often. Do you find that some sheets of ice have different feels to them? Tremendous question. And yes, the ice definitely plays a factor in wow. the curling match. As a matter of fact, the ice gets repaved, resurfaced, if you will, after every few matches. And even that could alter a slight curl, a slight make the ice curl slightly different than it had for a previous match. See, this is this mm. is where I think. See, that's the very small. You have to observe it factor of curling. Where I think a battle bot would be a little worse than a human. <laughs> I, you know, I would say this a somewhat apropos analogy would be like if there are bowlers out there a lane could be oiled down slightly differently and your balls could move a little bit differently. Curling has some of the same characteristics of bowling, if you will. Mm, yeah. I think it's interesting that you bring up bowling because in preparation for doing this, I thought to myself that I think curling might be the thinking man's bowling because there's more strategy involved. Th that's a good slogan for curling, the thinking <laughs> yeah. man's bowling. Yeah. Or thinking it persons is, to keep it, you know. Thinking persons, yes, yes. It is referred to by some as chess on ice. Mm. I like that. That's good. So, yeah, that what is, you know, the strategy you sometimes see, um, and I only know it pretty much from Olympics, but is, is that sometimes you want your stone or your rock to be a blocker. Sometimes you want it. You're just kind of setting it up for a future move. Um, I, yeah, what are kind of common strategies that someone who's new to curling would be interested in. Okay, so let's try not to bore people. So if I get too, <laughs> too detail-oriented, please cut me off. No, you can't. This is, this is uh, my audience is, I mean, they're, they're very dumb in a lot of ways, but <laughs> they like details <laughs> about sports. Mm -hmm. So there are 10 ends to a curling match. And okay. the having last rock or stone is a tremendous advantage in curling because the goal of curling, I guess I'll just quickly go on an overview of the scoring is only one team can pick up points at the end on per, per end. The person with the closest stone to the center will pick up a bit above of one point. If they have the two closest stones to the center, they can pick up two points. If they have three, they pick up three points, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And there are eight stones thrown per end. So the max amount of points you could pick up at an end is eight. That has never happened in world championship curling. A four or a five point end is a tremendous amount of points. Most ends are one or two points. And sometimes, though, if you have less stone and your opposition and there's no other rocks in the house, it's advantageous to completely miss on purpose, blank the end. So neither Whoa. team picks up a stone. And you keep the and you keep the hammer, which is what is referred to as last rock. Can I share a quick curling story? Yeah. Bio. Okay. Um, well, Mr. Ocho, I am a curling fan, and but unfortunately, I only see it when the Olympics roll around. Anyway, I this past Olympics, Winter Olympics, bought a month's membership of Peacock TV specifically to watch curling that's a true story wow that's and you know what i knew this story uh last time i saw you telling it was when the olympics were going on and that's oh. why you were invited to the show oh sweet it wasn't random then. it was Good. not random but it was for your <laughs> curling fandom huh. nice nice so, uh, so i don't know i don't remember who i don't remember who won the gold but i remember enjoying watching 
That that would be the Swedish team who are oh. actually have their same team with us at the World Championships right yeah. now. Why are a lot of the nations did not send the teams that I also clear- went to the Olympics? I want to clarify something. I did know that because if somebody asked me to guess, I would have said Sweden. So I think I did kind of half remember it. We'll it was think- buried, buried in the recesses of your mind. The, the exactly. world champ, the Olympic <laughs> champion, Swedish curling. Someone just needed to knock some stones out of the way of your, <laughs> That's of your right. brain. That's um, right. So interesting that you said the Swedes actually sent their team. It, do you find that, because um, I, I think I've heard this before about figure skating, that you know that there's a world championship every year. But when it's the year of a Winter Olympics, usually the the top skaters don't go. Is that kind of the same deal with curling? Not to the degree it is to the Winter Olympic athlete, to the figure skating athletes, because for for the most part, a lot of the figure skating athletes are retiring mm-hmm. post the Olympics, and you know if they've achieved a medal or had success, they're going to go out in style. And that's a great way to go out. Whereas the average curler's career, Brad Gushu of Canada, whose team is currently in first place, he's in his 40s. He medaled at the 2008, 2010 Winter Olympics in Vancouver. These athletes last for a while, and it's in their best interest to continue competing and participating in championships. Got it. Right. So whereas, I mean, maybe Nathan Chen has another olympics in him but it it would not be uncommon for him to retire at this point yes and he may take a year or two off before he makes that decision from competitive figure skating whereas these curlers are back out there the next week also to be perfectly honest with you the prize money in curling is not overwhelming Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's a short season you only really compete during winter so a chance to make money is something a lot of top-level curlers are never going to turn down. I, I, I expect that you wouldn't have to buy a lot of drinks for yourself, though, if you're like a gold medal curler. Yes, yes. You know, you need to though, show up with like a giant curling rock and uh, let people fill it up with alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what is, what is the scene like after, after the competitions at night in the hotels? So curlers know how to have fun. Okay. I'm not going to... They are a fun-loving group of people, and there is definitely some drinking going on post-curling matches. There, there is it's a. There's also a lot of camaraderie between the athletes. While they may compete against each other today, they're all doing something that is appreciated. They're all in the same fraternity, if you will, of, cur- of cur- curling athletes, and there's a lot of friendships and buddies, and it's just fun to hang out with your friends a drink yeah i could see that it's 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 such a unique sport that it is like you know you share kind of a common bond of this unique thing and you know it's only i guess once a year that you really get to see if you're the scottish team you get to see the <laughs> americans or the swedes and what have you absolutely it is a true curling fraternity now the other interesting thing speaking of the drinking aspect is that Curling matches at the World Championships, there are three sessions per day. There's a 9 a.m. session, a 2 p.m. session, and a 7 p.m. session. This is all local Vegas time. And I am amazed at how many fans are consuming alcohol for the 9 a.m. session. Like, the (laughs) session stands are fully open. This and airplanes are the only time I see people pounding beer at, like, 9.15 in the morning. Yeah, I mean... That's that's sounds like a good time, As especially with bagpipes going on. It's really a party. <laughs> if you hear bagpipes, you think you're supposed to be drinking. It's like a sound. Take a shot, you know. <laughs> so, um, okay, we we started to talk about that you are, uh, you know, freelancing as reporting for a radio station. Uh, go into a bit more about um, what that gig is and what, uh, yeah. Tell us more about like what are you reporting on and how what kind of sports you get into in that way. So in this specific curling championships, it's both the competition, which is very interesting. As we currently stand, the Swedes and the Canadians are the top two teams. The top six will advance to the medal round, if you will. The United States is in great position to be one of those six teams. And but the other angle is the return of sports 
world championships and major sporting events to the United States in the the, the pandemic may not be over, but when I say post-pandemic world, you know mm. what I mean in the more open in the world opening up again. And one of the major things these curling championships faced was in terms of let's say concessions, six you basically have to start the the process of you know buying like world championship curling hats and souvenir whatever whatever souvenir items it may be cup you know shot glasses hats t-shirts and six months ago the borders were completely closed between the u.s and canada it wasn't clear what the world would look like so they shied away from per from making any purchases and one of the complaints the fans have had is how few items there are to purchase here at these world championships. There's a there's a program and a PID, and that's pretty much it. And even in attendance, they were expecting up to 2,000 Canadians. They are very loud and boisterous, but there are still only 100 Canadian fans who have, or so, who have crossed into the United States. Now, they are expecting a few more for this weekend's finals, and semifinals, but the crowd hasn't been sparse for what the hope was having these championships in Vegas. So I've been doing some reporting on that angle of the return of sports uh-huh. to the United States. As we're already in 2022, the Olympics are coming to Los Angeles and it's only six years, it's only now six years away. Mm. <laughs> by then we could definitively say i hope that the pandemic is over and yeah. there will be lots of this one yes now we may be on to a new one but let's not let's not uh. even dare say that right okay so you say six teams make uh you know after the qualifiers make the play qualify for the playoffs um who are likely to be the six teams as of now so the the canadians and the and the Swedes, who have dominated curling for the most part in the last decade or so, are the two top teams. Mm-hmm. The United States is looking very good. It actually upset Canada yesterday, which was the, the United States did not set their Olympic team. They have set a different rink to compete in this championship. So for them, beating the Canadians was a really exciting moment and one of the highlights of the round-robin tournament so far. The, the Italians... who who have had mixed curling legacy, but actually won gold at the Olympics in the mixed curling, which is one man and one woman, as opposed to the general curling teams, which are four people of the same gender, are looking good to advance. Scotland was off to a great start, but has stumbled recently. And them, the Swiss and the Germans, are competing for two of those teams. Should Two of the three should make the final spot with Korea as an outside. But the Canadians, the Swiss, the U.S., and the Italians are all looking very likely to make make it to the next round. Okay, so they're all kind of locked in. And the the other teams that you mentioned, are they? Is that going to be decided tonight? Yes, today is the end of the round robin portion of the curling, and tomorrow we'll bring on the medal round and all the glory that comes with <laughs> immortality. Yeah, and then all right. I have, a, I have a question now. Is anybody dressed up like, is there anybody in the stands like dressed up as like a chicken or in face paint? Does anybody go all out for, for- While there is no face paint, there are so many costumes in the crowd. The, Canadi- yeah. the Canadians are all, lots of them are dressed up with some really unique Canadian colors, some really cool maple leaf pants that I kind of want to get a, pair of myself some absolutely amazing pageantry by the canadian fans Uh, there have i think i spotted one kilt in the scottish section (laughs) not the dude playing the bagpipes but i can't confirm that with 100 percent certainty it's yeah the the americans are just we're not the most passionate of we don't we may not have the most passionate curling fans in the world that's too bad yeah yeah, because because we're great costume makers. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> okay, so so tomorrow, so what's the schedule tomorrow? So the three will play the third seeded team, and will play the sixth seeded team, and the fourth seeded team will play the fifth seeded team to make it into the semifinals. 
Hold on, back up. I want to know when you're going to wake up. I want to know what kind of like hotel breakfast you're going to have. Like, what's your day going to be? Do you have to send in a story before you show up tomorrow? So I am going to record something tonight. Yes. Because in all honesty, waking up before 9 a.m. in Vegas <laughs> should be banned from society. Nobody oh, should yeah. have to wake up before 9 a.m. in Vegas. Got it. Especially the athletes. No, yeah. Yeah. I have I that to me is the greatest achievement by the athletes are being sober for the 9 a.m. curling. <laughs> and you know, yet, if I were a curler, I would chug a beer before my first match. Why not? Just one. Yeah. Yeah. I can't. I'm not going to say with 100% certainty they all are sober. So you may yeah. be onto something. Yeah. I wouldn't get drunk, but I would chug one beer. I respect that. <laughs> Thank you. So you're gonna so you're gonna record uh, a story tonight, and then wake up tomorrow and try to make it for the, the nine a.m. <laughs> yeah. Um, In all honesty, though, there is something fun about seeing sporting events take place in at 9 a.m. As, as well. It's like first thing in the morning, your mind needs to focus on a sporting event very quickly and you need to get at the work mode. It's a, it's not the usual life of a, of a sports reporter who can usually, most events, you know, you work nights and then you can wake up at noon and uh, be like, okay, I'm getting my day started here. Yeah, I kind of know the feeling of, um, you know, waking up early for say like a just a like a semifinal FIBA FIBA game when <laughs> during their world championships, and it just it is very because nothing else is really going on, and you're just kind of starting that, and that you could really focus on. Yeah, your mind is sharp. <laughs> you're you're ready to you're ready to see the ice. The other thing I would say about these championships, from I was just thinking about the fans for a minute, is. There's not much promotion on the streets of Vegas. I, I would say if you were to go into the let let's say the let's say the Aria and ask a hundred people if the curling championships are taking place <laughs> in Vegas this week, they'd all say you are completely high and making this up, but there's no <laughs> curling tournament taking place in Vegas. Why would you have a curling? It's a winter sport in Vegas, as I mentioned earlier, it's a heat wave at the 90 degrees. So like I one night I was playing some poker and I was b mentioning that I was in town for the curling championships and two guys at the table are like, we need to come check this out. <laughs> so I'm like, of course, I'm like, I'll hook you up with tickets, you know, anything to promote curling here. So they showed up for a session. They show up in like shorts and a t-shirt and it's cold inside the curling arena because it's ice. And they were like, staring at them they were freezing it was just like they were just completely out of place i was like americans just don't get this no you you need to come prepared with maple leaf pants or something <laughs> <laughs> at the very least uh maple sugar you know you need to, you need to know you are watching curling so uh and then so that's at 9 a.m the first round and then um the i guess the semifinals are also tomorrow yes the semifinals are also tomorrow, but those are in the evening. Okay. Uh, yeah, give you... Actually, I take that back. I am sorry. Tomorrow actually starts at the normal hour of 2 o'clock. Ah, because... Okay, because there's less teams competing. You get your yes, 9 a.m. so today ends back. the round robin, and tomorrow may actually not... The semifinals are 7... No, no, I, I am correct. I am correct. The qualifying games are at 2, and the semifinals are at 7. Got it. Vegas, local Vegas time. How how does somebody who's not in Vegas watch this? Ooh, yeah. So if you subscribe to the Olympic Channel, which is one of the NBC subsidiary channels, you can watch it, and it is available on Peacock Plus. Good to know. You're an advertisement hmm. for to those team, people at the poker table to the curling championships, and and Peacock. I, you know, I, apparently I should be getting residual. I should be getting checks for Peacock now. Come on. Um, I mean, I, I need to watch that new Save by the Bell, so come on. I need my new free Peacock. There was a Save by the Bell reboot? I had no idea. I had no idea. Amazingly, there is. See, in this wow. show, the Peacock isn't promoting anything if they're failing to promote the Save by the Bell reboot. 
Yeah, I, I only just heard about there's you know the the uh, Fresh Prince reboot, which everybody knows oh, now is. because you know Will Smith has been in the news. Yeah, lately. it's a gritty reboot. I'm, I I hear. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's become a darker television program, also on Peacock, which you can subscribe to. No. Yeah, okay. yeah. $9.99. Uh, Ocho, I have a quick side question. While you're in Vegas, is there any, like, restaurants that you're hoping to – are there any restaurants on your radar that are like, I always have to go here? I, I don't have a set routine when I'm in Vegas. Honestly, yeah. when I'm working, I try to shy away from fancy eating, and I just – I – I need to know I'm in control of my own environment. So I just eat, I eat light when I'm, when I'm on the road. That's smart. Yeah. So who, um, that's a great tip also. Yeah. <laughs> I'm learning. Yeah. <laughs> when you're, when you're on the road, you'll remember that. For, you know, oh, yeah. Uh, okay. So who, uh, especially if they're competing now, but even curlers in general, is there any, um, curler in this championship who's like oh that that's the goat or or that is considered one of the best curlers today so both the current olympic champion a dean of sweden is considered one of the goats and brad gushu who is the skip from canada is considered one of the greatest curlers of all time but the problem is at the olympic level only one canadian team could qualify so it's so hard to show up repeatedly to Olympics and world championships as a Canadian because there's so many teams that are nipping at your heels in the Canadian trials unto themselves. Oh, wow. So how do they how does Canada decide which group of four is going to go? So they have a Canadian Olympic trials where they invite like the 12 best Canadian teams and it's the same format as this tournament round robin and then the two the top, mm. you know, the, et cetera, until the top teams will meet up in the finals. And there are usually three or four teams who, if they win this tournament, automatically will become co-world championship, co-Olympic favorite. And the other three, unfortunately, do not get the chance to compete. So are these teams self-organized or is it, you know, also a regional thing where it's like the Toronto team and the Vancouver team? They are all self-organized, but, but obviously where one lives will play mm. a factor in how a team gets formed because practice and play together, it's very, you need to live near your teammates. So interesting. Well, first of all, Brad Gushu needs to pick better teammates. uh but it is interesting in that way that it's all these like teams competing for spots whereas um you know in basketball like the canadian team it's just the best canadian basketball players or the best american basketball players kind of assembled by one person whether that's coach k or greg popovich (laughs) or whatever (laughs) correct it it is not a dream team type style selection process so I will also just mention this, uh, the rules of curling are the skip, which is the captain of all curling teams, is the fourth athlete. He will always take your two final shots. You don't. It's not like volleyball where you alternate positions. Your team is built where you have one per, the first curler will throw the first two stones, the second curler, the next two, the third curler will throw stones five and six, and then the skip will throw stones seven and eight. So it's quite possible that the four or five best curlers are all skips on separate teams, mm. whereas they don't ever form one unified super dream team, Golden State Warrior style team. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because everybody wants the honor of being the skip. Correct. Correct. It's all about it's all about the glory. I have a question. Is there like a um we larry asked about the goat of curling is there like a what's been the biggest curling scandal is there like a sammy sosa or, or i mean a barry bonds of, of or mark mcguire of curling there has been very little steroid stories in the world of curling there have That's been good. a few olympians who have tested positive for banned substances mm-hmm. there have been no corked stones though no sammy sosa where people are trying to find unfair advantages but (laughs) that's good 
at these actual world championships, that this is more in line with the rest of the world, both the Russian team and the Belarusian team were banned for competing, not just under their own flag, they banned for competing completely. So at, they invited the Netherlands team last minute, but that's not really a curling scandal. Russia's just banned for competing all over the globe these days in yeah. athletic events. So, um, you're a wealth of knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When, cause you mentioned that, um, you know, you're, you're doing this, um, as a gig, but you're also, you also happen to be a big curling fan. When did you get into curling? So I, my, I, what curling wasn't really on American television growing up for any of us. I don't think any of of us really knew what curling was and it always seemed like a joke like these people just mm-hmm. stand there pushing a stone i'm like i can play shuffleboard why can't i be an olympic curler and i i found it to be a little ridiculous at first i didn't understand the strategy it was 2010 i was assigned to report on the winter olympics in vancouver and i wanted to see so many different sports I was fascinated with Bodie Miller, who was competed in skiing at the time. It was one of the first Olympics where they allowed professional hockey players. So we knew that was going to be a great tournament. But I'm like, you know what? I'm in Canada. I just need to see what these Canadians understand when they're watching curling. Like, I need to see it through a Canadian prism, if you will. Ooh, and yeah. I went to a curling match, and it was fascinating. I had no idea how much strategy goes into it. Because as general as Americans, we think everybody has an attention span for five minutes. So they would show like one rock, you know, even when they were showing highlights, they make it look like a curling match to 20 seconds. Understanding the full length of what went on in a curling match, the back and forth strategy, it was really interesting to watch unfold. And the the sweepers, they're like, I mean, that's obviously part of the strategy <laughs> to like get some curve on the throw. Sure. Um are are they also mem- they're part part of the four person team, right? Correct. So they will. So if you let's say you throw the first two rocks, you will then be a sweeper for the next three ends when your teammates are throwing the rocks. Okay, so there are always three sweepers available. Correct. Okay. Correct. And what is um, any insight into any of the strategy there with sweeping? So sweeping, a lot of it is knowing your partners. And when you're watching a stone in motion, seeing if it's going to, sometimes they're trying to get through a very narrow chasm between two other stones. It's seeing if it's breaking a little bit. And then if you notice that it's starting to curve slightly to the right, you want to sweep hard to make it go faster. So, so you could minimize the, the curve. And you'll often hear, if you're in a curling match, besides the bagpipes of the Scottish fans, you'll often hear the athletes themselves yelling, sweep, sweep, hard! <laughs> they get very passionate <laughs> yeah. about their curling. Lots of communication, very necessary. More so than in bowling. I have a, <laughs> I have a follow-up question about the communication, because when I was watching the Olympics, I did catch mostly non-english speaking teams the swedes <laughs> and so forth sure and so you know you you do hear a lot of yelling are they yelling encouraging things or are they yelling strategy things to the sweepers it is all strategic yelling. they are all wow. passionately yelling strategy whoa um sean Which, okay yeah. that's interesting yes uh well actually our uh alan were you gonna say something else no, absolutely. Okay. Ask away, Larry. Sean, because um, you are a big yes. curling fan, what do you think drew you to the sport? I think that, well, it was it was just, I, I mean, I probably first saw it like 15 years ago, and I was amazed because it was a sport that I didn't know existed, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it was just like, uh, you know, the commentators do so well about describing what's going on. And I think I just happened to catch catch it while they were talking about the strategy of it. And you couldn't help but get sort of drawn into it. Um, Mr. Ocho, I am interested about what kind of uh, snacks they have available in the stands. <laughs> Are there hot dogs or what's going on? 
are there vendors going around? Because there's obviously beer there. There are concession Pretzels? stands. There are. Yes. Now, this championship has less concession stands open than normally for, but there, there, there is ice cream. There is, there is not. I have not seen much eating among the crowd. There are pretzels mm. and yeah. I feel like I chili would general be general standard American yeah. ballpark food is available. There's no private suites with hot, you know, with four course dining going on during curling matches. Yeah. I feel like chili would be a great thing to have inside of a cold arena while watching curling. <laughs> yeah. I, I think we should pass that on to the uh, curling, the International Curling Federation on how to spruce up the next world championships. Definitely. And I think the international players would appreciate some, you know, classic American ballpark food, as you were just saying, because they may not uh, <laughs> get the opportunity to eat that so much. Yeah, yeah. I definitely agree with that. Would you would you say that the poutine pro- there should be poutine <laughs> available? <laughs> right. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure it, the Canadians. Ha- I'm sure the Canadian faithful have some if you inquire from them. Yeah. but it is not sold. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's BYOP. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or if you're listening to this, I guess after the fact, next time, just show up with your own cheese curd and gravy. Mm-hmm. And just order fries. And just, make your own. Yeah, order fries. You'll you'll get the container, and you could. You know, yeah, you a thermos full of hot gravy. <laughs> <laughs> You said very, very useful. Yeah. Um, w- would you say these? Would you say curlers are athletes? I'll ask this to both of you. I would say yes, but since I, you know, since we've discussed on some of the ocho aspects of sports, I report on it's become harder and harder to define what is what exactly qualifies as a sport, mm-hmm. and I, at this point. These athletes train every day. They work out. That, to me alone, makes it somewhat of an athletic. You know, they have to stay in shape to curl. That, to me alone, makes them athletic. Makes them athletes. I'm not going to say they're at the same level of athleticism as LeBron James or so, but they they meet the they are over the threshold in my opinion to be called athletes. Sean, what about you? Well, I agree. Um, I mean, I just agree. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think I do too. And it is a tough question as to what qualifies as a sport. Um, Right. But I think it might be, it might be more mentally challenging than physically challenging, but it's, I don't know. You're put into, it's a stressful competition. Yeah. Let me ask you a question, Larry. Do you feel that the great Joe, do you feel Joey Chestnut is an athlete? The great hot dog eating champion. <laughs> that is a great question as well. Mm. Um, you know, I, I I would say he is because I I, th- I think it does require training. Um, yeah, and um, I think, and especially in his case, it's something unique. The stomach is a muscle, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, so I'd say yeah, yeah. And and probably like he has what you know has to be considered natural ability in the sport where like you know there's like right. say you know cup stacking competitions where <laughs> you know probably some people are naturally better than others but I think anybody who really wanted to get good at cup stacking <laughs> probably could whereas not everybody who wanted to get good at at competitive eating could and I think the same probably applies to curling yeah. I like okay. that logic a lot. Yeah. I have, in some ways I have too many questions, but Ocho, has there been any mid-game injuries? Mm. That's a great question. None that I'm aware of. But right, because it is possible. You would, have, you would have to think with possibility of playing two, even three matches a day that, you know, a pulled muscle sure. running up these ice often could lead to that i haven't seen it i'm gonna ask i'm gonna ask around and uh, next time i'm a guest on the podcast i may have a different answer to that question yeah definitely Great. report back to us because it would also yeah. be interesting if say you're it's on the first stone and you're a sweeper and you get injured and you can't throw your two stones when it's your turn do you have to mm. just forfeit those those turns 
That's a very interesting question. Or I wonder if like where the NBA, you get fouled really hard and you're supposed to shoot the two free throws. Mm -hmm. They sometimes would allow a teammate to substitute in. I wonder if they do something similar in curling. I honestly don't know the answer. Yeah. But but I would imagine these teams do. I mean, are there subs available or is it usually just the four in town? Each team does have an alternate. So Ah. that might be very well what the alternate is there for. I have just, never seen it or I didn't notice it if it actually transpired. I don't, Ocho, I don't know if you have the ear of the of the International Federation, but I'm going to throw a rule change at you that I think that would improve the sort of the excitement of the sport. Okay. Larry, oh, isn't it true that there's a, there's a like a there's like a a hockey rule that if there's no goalies some like the the trainer can step in or something like that. Isn't that true? <laughs> Didn't that happen in one NHL game? Yes, a Zamboni driver, the guy who drives the machine that cleats the ice, was able to play, was forced to play goalie a few years ago and actually won a game. Wow. That's right. I think curling should have it in the rules that if all of the alternates are somehow unavailable, they're able to pick a fan from the stands. Yeah. And a fan can play. Now, and hopefully, and of course, the fan would have to have some curling knowledge. But if you can go to a curling match with a pos- the slim chance that you might be able to call, be called in to help your team, I mean, oh my God. I don't know if I, that would be. That would be really cool. That would yeah. be. I would think I, you'd get a lot of people I, who'd want to show up just for that chance. Absolutely. Could I be, guarantee you, any fan who shows up wearing maple leaf pants to a curling match, that person has curled in their lifetime more than once. Oh, yeah. Or I do wonder if you'd get a uh, a hustling kind of thing, like a situation like in White Men Can't Jump, where um, <laughs> you know they're looking around, they're like, "Oh, that guy, he looks like he sucks." <laughs> uh, so Ocha, what what sports are next on uh, the docket for you for coverage? Hmm. Great question. So, you mind if I promote for thirty seconds? Please. So- it's not. It's promoting something that doesn't exist at the moment. So it's just promoting my future. So I have been working on a sitcom about a reporter who travels all over the globe, who reports on the most obscure sporting events, cherry pit spinning contests, bed making contests, the world Eskimo and Indian Olympics in Fairbanks, Alaska. And we filmed a pilot about the episode about this experience is two or three years ago. Long story short, the pandemic happened and the sitcom got put into development hell. So after these curling championships, I actually have some meetings about reviving the sitcom as the world is starting to open up again. It's called Fear of Being Ordinary, FOBO for short. And Mm. it doesn't really exist right now. I can't really promote it, but that's currently part of where my attention is focused right now. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to be looking out for Fobo. Yeah. <laughs> so the, you said you mentioned uh, cherry spitting contests, bed making contests. Are those events you have seen in person? I have witnessed them in person. I know this might be a controversial statement to say, but you know how like sometimes you go to a sporting event back in the day you saw Michael Jordan perform and like there was something special about being in the arena. Mm-hmm. When you watch a bed making contest, there is nothing special about being in the <laughs> arena. It is the same thing you can see on television. But of course, <laughs> there are no bed making contests on television. So therefore I guess there is something special about being in person in a bed making contest. Yeah. There's the rub. Yeah. <laughs> and hotel Employees, by the way, dominate bed-making contests. Should any of your listeners be wagering on bed-making contests? Ah. Secret is to find somebody who had hotel tr- who worked at a hotel. That's, Makes that's sense. really good advice, yeah. yeah. Makes sense. <laughs> uh, Sean, do you have any other questions? Um, no other questions, but I did look it up, and BattleBots is filmed in Vegas at Caesars Entertainment Studios, just so we... Good to know. Have that cleared up. Yeah. Good to know. Yeah. Yeah. If you if you have some extra time this weekend. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think it's over. Uh yeah. Yeah. Next time. Next time. Next Next time time there's next time curling takes place in Vegas. I will definitely check out the BattleBots schedule so (laughs) I could be the only person in the world to win this BattleBots and curling on the same (laughs) same trip. Uh 
Great. And um, Ocho, you you plugged uh, Fear of Being Ordinary, the pilot you're working on. Anything else to plug? Uh, well, if even, you're even just, you know, your social media handles or anything. Yes. So, sure. I am on Twitter. I am Ocho Sports. O-C-H-O Sports, S-P-O-R-T-S. That's my handle. And on Instagram, actually, I don't, I, it's Ocho, O-C-H-O Goldberg, G-O-L-D-B-E-R-G at Ocho Goldberg. And yeah, and definitely be on the lookout. I actually do some comedy shows where I, a lot of it is geared towards the craziness of some of the sports I've seen, as well as the crazy world of frequent flyers. <laughs> where I have to travel to all these ridiculous events, but that's for another conversation. And you, do you do most of those shows in LA? I do. Uh, yeah. I, so I am based out of LA. I do a bunch of them in LA, but occasionally if I'm traveling to an event for say a week and there's like an open schedule and I can find a club that'll let me perform, I will also use the, I will take the opportunity to perform while I'm on the road. Very nice. Uh, Sean, anything you'd like to plug? Well, you can follow me on uh, Instagram, Schwickens is my handle. Um, you can check out Stoner Morning Show Mondays at the Tiny Cupboard in Brooklyn at 8.30 p.m. Also Saturday mornings on Facebook Live, Stoner Morning Show. And I don't know if we're going to plug things that don't exist yet. Okay. I may sub self-publish a book on time travel. <laughs> it's called time time machine blueprints so uh just some theories about time travel that came to me while i was stoned recently i bought the domain name time machine blueprints.com so okay i have it yeah. so. that sounds like a very exciting upcoming project Ho hopefully hopefully and i of course am at larry the athlete on all social media and you can subscribe to Larry Knows Sports wherever you get your podcasts. May all your dreams be hoop dreams. And may the rest <laughs> of your days be days of thunder. Thunder.